thoughts, intense nostalgia, growing up gifted, pop culture, and cake. I'm Claire. And I'm in mourning because <laughs> we set this up last week, listeners. I'm Michael, by the way. But we said, thank God for the other two that we're going to do a show on because it's the one show that reminds us of Claire and me and it hasn't been canceled and it has a steady following and everyone loves it and it's not going to get canceled. Well... Joke's on us. us. It got canceled this week. So we're switching up. Malcolm is going to have to wait. Life is unfair because we're going, <laughs> we're going to do the other two this week. Our favorite show that joined uh, the other favorite shows that just got in canceled. In the, the graveyard of niche comedy that is about <laughs> two people that are us. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we mentioned about how there are, have been several iconic duos or non-iconic duos. I think probably the most iconic would have been Schitt's Creek because everyone loved Schitt's Creek because there were more than just the two characters and more plot points. But um, yeah, we there was a there's a show that started on Comedy Central and moved to um, HBO Max or just Max now for what just Max. Just Max. Just Max. Um, And it was called The Other Two, which was about um, the siblings of a Justin Bieber-like young man who gets famous after a viral video of him asking a girl out in a music video oh, yeah. comes out, that. and it's very Justin Bieber baby kind of vibes. Um, and they're the other two siblings that have been trying to make it in the entertainment business. In the late 20s, early 30s, and yep. they've been trying to make it in the entertainment business, but they both like can't because they're riding the coattails of their teen brother who's yep. like a heartthrob. <clears throat> exactly. And so and their dynamic and the you know, their involvement and self absorption <laughs> coupled with like self disdain was not only a millennial depiction masterpiece, yeah. but was very on par with you and me. Yep. And just like the last duo, Esther and Benji, to uh, have that dynamic, canceled ever. after two seasons? Yeah. Or did they get three they as well? Two. two. seasons. Three after three seasons of the other two, it is now canceled. Which you, we thought, you know, you got Lauren Michaels involved. Yeah. You got, you know, a lot of these big players in the sitcom Wanda world. Sykes, Wanda Sykes, great stars. And yet, R.I.P. R.I.P. But you should still watch it. Oh my god! You have it's very edgy though. Like I will say, it's very provocative. It's very sexual. So if you're like, if you're not ready for that, or if you're watching it around someone who's not ready for that, it's it's an HBO show. Yeah. So get ready. Yeah. And it's it's very, but it's incredibly realistic. And I think people probably find it provocative and difficult to watch too because. Nobody wants to be honest about I might be a shitty person. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Like, I am fully aware of when I'm acting incredibly self absorbed. And those are the funniest yeah. moments in that show to me because I'm like, oh, I, I've, I've done it's that. set. It's like oh, yeah. John Mulaney, where he says the really messed up thoughts that we have in our head that we would never say out loud because we don't want to be canceled. And they like, they say those things and do the things in the show. Like Brooke trying to, like, be like, Lance isn't a good guy because yeah. she's jealous yeah. and blatantly admitting that. But we would never say that. And I just, I love it. It's perfect. So the two, a brief, brief synopsis. The two characters are, the main characters are Carrie Dubeck, played by Drew Tarver. And he is like 
a struggling actor who has really bad management at the beginning of the show, and <laughs> he's gay. Shrimp so he scampy. Wants to, he want, he like tries to become a gay icon, but he's like so dorky. Um, and then Brooke Dubeck is played by Helene York. Um, she steals the show for me. She's hilarious. She's so. And funny. she becomes her brother Chase Dreams, the teen icon. She becomes his manager. And her boss is Wanda Sykes, mm-hmm. and their mom is Molly Shannon as Pat Dubeck, who becomes like a like Oprah, Oprah type Ellen figure situation. And, it's, and she's just like the mom next door. And then um, Brooke's boyfriend is Lance Arroyo, played by Josh Shadara, and he, he who can play one character uh, apparently. He's so funny. He is really and he funny. He starts out as a shoe designer, but then after the pandemic, he becomes. He becomes a nurse. No, 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 no. He starts out as a Foot Locker employee oh. that dreams of being a shoe designer Thank you. and dabs all the time. Oh my god! Not the weed, the dance move. The dance move. Um, and what? Who else? Ken Marino. Oh, Ken Marino from Veronica Mars and other things is Party Down. A uh, part. Yep. He's Streeter, who is the age? He, he, so he... Or manager. Wanda Sykes, Shuli, her character Shuli, like, runs this PR firm and is the manager for everybody. Streeter, Ken Marino's character, is the agent okay. that initially starts getting Chase booked and stuff. And he's like... The first couple of seasons where he's trying to be young and is like, I fit in with Chase. We're like best friends. Like, I'm 16 too. It's <laughs> the funniest. And also, like, the very Ken Marino style yeah. character. He, like, fall, he falls in love with Mellie Shannon, yep. the, the mom, and it's just so <laughs> pure. It's so funny. I... This show redeemed Molly Shannon and Ken Marino for me because I didn't like them. You didn't like Until, Molly Shannon? No, I didn't. I was not a fan. I thought she was a matches. No, That's the whole point. But then I watched this and I was like, wow, she's so good. Yeah. Um, Ken Marino was, I liked him because I watched Party Down. I think he was like Party I, that's Down. That's what I've heard. It's so ridiculous. That's the one about the, like, the, the restaurant workers. They're right? caterers that are trying to make it in Hollywood. Oh and my it's so ridiculous. It. And it's like this. Adam Scott and... Jane Lynch. Yeah. And... Um, Ken Marino and... Isn't, uh, the right. girl that's in everything that's always a mess. Um, like literally every character oh, she cat. Yeah. What's her face? Uh, From Two Bird And Girls. Martin Starr is in it. Yeah. Which I am obsessed with Martin Starr. Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this woman that I worked with at the theater when I was an actor back in the day was Lizzie Kaplan standing. That's hilarious. Other, other a bunch of things. I just, it, <clears throat> I recently noticed that every character she plays is like kind of the manic pixie dream girl. Dream yeah. girl. Yeah. That like just can't get, is like 35 and still wants to do coke on the weekends. And I'm like, what is the, it's fine. can you play something else? <laughs> like, let her do something else. She's cute. Oh, and Megan Mullally's in it too. You'll love it. Oh, it's great. Okay. Great show. Then I'll fill the other two hole in my heart that's gone out. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Anyway, tangent. But it's just so funny. And well, I guess now we'll just talk about some of our favorite bits from the show. Like, oh what, you just have to watch it in context. I think it just, it also does a really, really good job of the millennial experience yeah. that people like to comment on. Like, they're so self absorbed, but like, spoilers so we're gonna talk about the ending of the show if you don't care about that stuff fine like it's a sitcom I don't know why it really matters but 
listen to this after you watch it if you do care about that kind of stuff. But like Brooke taking the fall and being like, yeah, that was so good. But like self sacrificing for her parents because she can't stand the idea of her parents or her brother being upset. Like that is just, it's so millennial. Yeah. Like wants to be good, wants everyone to love her so much. And then is just like, nope, I can be shitty. I'll be shitty for the sake of other people feeling good. Like that is so our generation's yeah. trauma yeah. of like everyone has to like attention. me and love me and you have to give me attention but also like I can't have anyone that I care about feeling upset yeah. and so uh, let me just let me just take all your pain let yeah. me just take I just identified with that so much was I was like so oh powerful. man that's so good um, and Carrie too I mean they, yeah. they really do a good job of I think what we did our whole thing about millennial stereotypes like they do it really well yeah and they do kind of the dark parts of how that makes you feel yeah it's very like it's written so well like it's like an it's like a weird indie movie but you're like throughout the whole thing you're like oh i live that oh i did that oh that's part of yeah oh i know someone like that i think carrie's ending was really good too because oh he God. just went to the beach he finally like went by himself and, like, had to isolate and do, like, the Walden thing. Yeah. And he, like, found his community of, like, friends on the beach, and that's where they left him. I was like... Because they said the interviews with the actors were, like... And the creators, which are controversial... The creators are controversial anyway. But they said, like, that we ended the show, like, where we wanted In it to character. end. And people online were like, it didn't seem like an accurate ending. And I was like, yeah, no, it did. It absolutely like, I was, did I, to You could have ended. I, I believe that it was justifiably ended. Yeah, I do. I honestly do, too. I yeah. really, like, it made sense. And I actually, like, would hate to see them go on and have them, like, go back yeah. down. Like, it was a very positive and realistic happy ending, I thought. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, Carrie had to go spend some time with himself and stop performing and like being performative like everything he did he would show up to friends houses just so only if he had something they could compliment him about and like again if you've never reflected and like been like i do that sometimes you're not gonna think this show is funny yeah but this show is hysterical when you're like oh i've totally done (laughs) like it's it's just really good or like they show the moments of the carrie like feeling so good about himself and like all his accomplishment and it ends with him just like Scrolling tweets on his phone. Yeah. I'm like, God, that is just so accurate. Yeah. yeah. It's it, it's so funny, and then it hits you with that, with the drama. And, like, the, that, the acting is, like, so good. It's really the good. The writing is so good, and the acting is so good. Like, there was a scene where Brooke fights with her boyfriend, Lance, and he is, like, so, and she is just, like, obtuse. Like, not getting what he wants. And he is just being so honest and open with her. And I think I texted you, and I was like, why am I so emotional after this, like, this like three minute scene in a sitcom and I was like it's a master class it's acting. so good it's so good because he's being so reasonable and it's like if that makes you happy it doesn't like that is doing good it doesn't have to be something more and she's like god you're such a piece of shit like why do you make me feel so awful and he's like what <laughs> I just I that scene was so well done and I the writing in it too like the one-liners that you oh, they're just so, what is the one so that fast. I sent you today that was like um oh where the one it? about the email he's emailing was it that one I think so there was also like when they're like well big lots just dropped oh. and she's like oh shut up big lots you so pissed and shit but there was another line Oh, so this when Lance is doing his email and yes. he's like, I just say hi. 
Oh my god. I was going to say hi, Sheila. And then I asked for what I want. And I did it. Because she's like trying so hard to be nice and, be, and walk around the topic. Again, another like very like stereotypical thing. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm so sorry. Hey, girly. Sorry to bother you. But like, I just wanted um, to see if maybe possibly when you have time, can you reply and just tell me yes or no? Or maybe at least just so I know where we're at. Like, she's trying to email someone to ask about a job. Mm-hmm. And it's like just very like self-deprecating and apologetic and that that is what we do and she's she's like I googled everything I would look for in my own email and he's like well I just write hi Sharon and succinctly ask for what I want and that dynamic um I think I love it so much because it reminds me so much of my relationship yeah where I am full chaos and Rory is like so like none of that matters can you just like come back to earth for a second yeah. and see that if that makes you happy then that's what you do and i cried when brooke and lance got back together oh, in yeah. that moment because it did it just it reminded me so much of like myself yeah and where he, when he was like you always get in your head about all this stuff and blow it up when really it's just simple oh, and i'm so like nice. oh, oh like and that's like it was very relatable yeah. to my relationship for me, where oh. that was something that I have found, and now I'm getting like very <laughs> emotional on oh, this podcast. We care about this show, but it's so true, good. and like that moment was so nice, and I, I again just it felt like my own life, and when yeah. I finally found someone who supported me in that way, nothing else really like mattered, mm-hmm. and I need that too, and so. Yeah, we are these characters. I'm gonna it's steal. Wild. I'm gonna steal all those quotes from my best man speech at your wedding. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> just, just here to ruin all the sappy moments. Good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my other favorite, like a favorite moment is that Carrie is always trying to like find a new boyfriend. Oh my god! <laughs> he finally finds one, but he can't like find a good relationship. Brooke can find this like good relationship, and he is just like a mess because he can't handle being with anybody else. And so he finds his boyfriend named Lucas Lambert Moy, who is like a method actor. He's famous for being a like insanely method actor. <laughs> and so he and it starts that like he gets this Lucas character gets a gets, a, gets like the lead in like a Love Simon type film. And so you don't know if he's and he's so method that he like becomes gay for the film. And you don't know if he's like actually gay throughout the whole show. But like, his whole thing also is that he's not out. So he's like, Carrie, we can't be seen together. Like, yeah, this is wrong. Well, I don't know what these that's feelings the, are. That's the plot of the movie. Right. So he just becomes the plots of the movies. And so it's like Carrie's always like, I can't have sets because. My boyfriend is like doing this weird project again. And yep. like, what's the next one? Like, the next one is that he's um in the play where he's oh, HIV the positive. AIDS, he's in the gay, so it's the it's gay. not safe. The AIDS play. The AIDS play or and then it has a long title, it's like an Angels in America knockoff. Which is such a funny episode because they go to this play and they keep coming back. Yeah, because it's like 18 hours long, but if you start to talk about how, oh my god, this is boring and long, someone comes up and looks at you like, and I and the, the characters will then be like, but it's really important what it's saying and we all need to appreciate this AIDS play. And it's so funny because it's that commentary on like, we all feel like we have to, even if something is boring and not entertaining and awful... Yeah. We feel like we have to say it's good because it's about something difficult. That's what I was talking with my friend Chris the other day about this movie Still Light. I don't know what it's called, but it's this Oscar bait movie that's on TikTok. And it's like, 
he said, he said, I like boring movies, but that one was so slow and so boring. Like, the pace is glacial. And then I looked at all the comments for this movie, and everyone's like, it's so slow, but it's really good. See, yeah. And I'm like, I have no interest in seeing that now because it's... Like, that sounds boring. <laughs> that sounds like a waste of my time. But the, um, the AIDS plays subplot case, I listened to an interview with Helene York, who plays Brooke. I listened to half of a podcast, and she said that she went with the direct, the writer of the show to the Angels in America, like the one that came in Broadway, um, and she, the creator was like, I'm going to be a gay icon at this, and like know so many people, and they all knew her instead from like, all her other shows, and like that she went to Michigan and is like known in the musical theater community. Oh my gosh. Uh, but that was, and my other favorite bit of Brooke is when she... Befriends this woman. Is that season one or season two? The, it's season two. Oh, she befriends this like makeup influencer and like at wants, a party, at like a party, at an influencer party, and wants to be friends with her to like raise her own stakes. But then, <laughs> and the girl like invites her back to her house and for Brooke, a like stay the night, but the it's night. a sleepover. And for a sleepover, and Brooke's like, I don't know if this is a hookup or if we're just gonna have a sleepover and like. Whatever, and then everyone's texting her and being like, she's a child, it's a child. And she's like, what? And this girl just does such good makeup that she's like actually like 11 years, 11 years old. old. And but Brooke thinks she's like 27. Yeah, it's so funny. Like there are just so many of these funny little bits in there. And there's also the, in the first season, Carrie's roommate that oh isn't gay, but just like will come in and have sex with him and oh. then not talk about it and also say, I'm straight. And it's just oh the most God, awkward. So He's like, I can't figure it out. And then Carrie's boyfriend that's super method, like, again, he goes through all the gay stereotype characters, and in the, in the last season, he's in a Brokeback Mountain-style oh, movie. too much. And that living in me. the park, and he's like, <laughs> we TV. can't be seen in town together. You know what they'll say, it's wrong. And it's just the weirdest. It's very graphic, that scene. It's those so scenes funny, are very graphic. But then he, like, so, again, he's had these parts where he can't be out, or he has mm-hmm. HIV and won't have sex with Carrie and Carrie's like I just want to have sex with my boyfriend and then at, at, they start having sex in the teepee in the middle of a park in New York <laughs> but he's like oh my god they have sex in these <laughs> in these movies and it's so silly oh my god and then at the end the, the end of the arc for Lucas Lambert Moy was so funny. Oh my god, when <laughs> his husband shows up? His mom and his husband show up because the guy gets amnesia or something. Why no, he... so he has been method for so long that he has and has, like, well, didn't have anything it? else. He didn't have it? anything else booked. Mm. So he had been method for so long that he'd never developed his own personality or hadn't in years. And so he didn't know who he was. So he's like walking around naked and looks like super strung out. And then his mom and his husband pick him up. And 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 he's he's Australian. Australian. And he's like, oh, no wonder he books. (laughs) Funny. Oh, my God. Um, One of the clips that reminded me very much of you and me was when um they're going to the party for chase i think it was like the season two or season three opener and carrie and brooke are in the back of that taxi and the guy's like i'll pay you two hundred dollars if you let me lick your feet and he and um brooke is like oh my god absolutely that's a really good deal and he's like what and then the cab driver goes no no i meant the boy and Carrie's like, 
No, and Brooke's like, but it's two hundred dollars. That's a good deal. All you have to do is lick his foot. Why did that and remind like, you of us? I don't know because <laughs> I just I feel you like to me I always have because like <laughs> that's gross. But I'm also like, what a good deal. <laughs> and you're like, no, Claire. I'm like, but it's a good deal. <laughs> should, should we have the hurricanes at this birthday party? We're crashing in this bar. <laughs> Something a good It's deal. a good deal. It. It's two for one. We should do it anyway. Well, the other, another thing that I loved, another episode was Andy Ridings plays Matt, who's one half of this, like, gay married couple that are kind of like the Gaineses, like Chip and Joanna Gaines, that, like, sell their house, and, like, Carrie goes over to, like, be friends with them, because he starts out being as part of this boy group, mm-hmm. with these, like, up-and-coming gay guys who are, like, mm-hmm. trying to make it in Hollywood. Oh, they're a boy band? I don't remember. But... They're, like, an influencer group, like, queer. Oh, oh, okay. And so yeah. he becomes friends with them. And he gets invited to his house, and then the, like this perfect couple that like does everything together has this mansion, and Carrie's like having nightmare fuel dreams about like being with his then boyfriend who's getting lit from spring awakening. Yes. This is in season one or two, I think. And but then the influencer guy like break up, and it's just so funny. It's so good. ridiculous. Yeah, and they have like the matching pajamas and everything, oh, and everything so they do funny. is like they're talking to an HGTV camera that's not <laughs> there. Um, and then Chase, the Justin Bieber brother, falls in love with like a normal girl, <laughs> and then they need to break up, and so they make the girl go live in the woods so that she doesn't get hate mail and harassed by all his like teen heartthrob fans. <laughs> And it just, the things it says about the entertainment industry uh, are just so funny. I about Pam. Yeah. This, um, it was really sad. <laughs> and then the one that confused me, and I remember calling you or texting you in like the middle of the night, what just what happened on the show was oh, yeah. they had to convince. What do they do with they explain the Applebee's so, one? Because that one took me. I had so to watch it Pat, three times. So Pat um, is so famous that everywhere she goes, she will be like, accosted right so it's like she lives in this big beautiful mansion can only walk around her house kind of thing because she has to go out with extensive security detail and they have to plan it weeks in advance but all she wanted was uh, like a small town dinner like they used to go to applebee's on friday nights and she just wanted to have a family dinner at applebee's and she was so upset about having to do it like they put her in these elaborate prosthetics so no one will recognize her for her to go on a date and things like that but she didn't want to have to do that and so somehow something happened where they like told her no we can make that happen for you you can have a normal dinner but they couldn't do that in accurately so what they did was they built a very elaborate and accurate set of an applebee's and hired a bunch of actors to pretend like they were customers in the applebee's but the actors were all like they weren't like talking to each other or saying lines they were doing the thing that you do when you have to look like you're talking and you mouth like peas and carrots or you know you say names of foods to each other and but all (laughs) they're saying is peas and carrots peas and carrots and so Pat is like, I guess we have to try the peas and carrots. Everyone is talking about it. And you, I don't think, understood that it was a setup. Uh, like, for, to convince her I that she was at Applebee's. And you're like, why is they doing this? Why did she freak out? Why is there a knife? And then she ends up having, like, a, a meltdown because she's like, why is it? This is a conspiracy. And they're like, it's not a real Applebee's, Mom. Holy shit. Sorry, we are trying to help you. Oh, my God. It's so funny. It's ridiculous. Um... But yeah, I R.I.P. Anything you want to add? 
want to no, say it's, it's just amazing. so good. Like, I feel like what we did was just like talk about a bunch of random bits with no context. So I hope that our listeners have watched the show. Or just watch it because it's so Oh, well, that's what I mean. Like, watch it and all of this stuff will make sense. But it's it's a really good show. It's a super fun time. And like I said, like, I feel like it's great for the podcast because it, it is like the millennial experience. And a lot of it is like Carrie and Brooke being like, what we that's how modern people do it? Like, this is what we do anymore? And there's the whole, do you remember the scenes with the like the celebrity church, the evangelical celebrity church that oh, like yeah. makes one of the church that like uh, Chris Pratt and stuff were part of uh, that are yeah, like super homophobic bad. secretly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, or like whenever they go to the bar and they're like, can you just put it under Billy Eichner? <laughs> oh yeah. God. There's just so many stupid little things and like that. And the plane, that. when Wanda sights hits them all up on the plane with a bunch of Chase's friends. Yes. I love that the actor that plays Chase Dreams is actually named Chase in real life. His name's that. Case. Shut up. Case. 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 That's hysterical. <laughs> That's so funny. I also like when they bring Carrie's old shitty agent back on, and uh, it's freaking Richard Kind, and he's like, this is my old agent, Shrimp Scampi, and he's like, Skip Champlin. Wait, is my name Shrimp Scampi? Because he's I, just such a mess. I felt- and he has like 85 jobs. Because he can't book any of his clients. And then he invites him to his birthday party. And it, like, when he invites all his weird... Like, just com- people who would say yes because he has no friends, friends because that's he's how, been awful. That's how I feel. When you, you and I were like, we surprised you with a birthday party. Who do you want to invite? And I was like, uh... uh <laughs> I just like... No one. No. <laughs> but it's like, you want to do something for your birthday? And I'm always like, not really. Like, if there's nobody that I want to hang out with. Oh my god. Anyway, Bless. so that's the other two. It's a great time. It fuels the fire. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Any interesting things that you found? Uh, you were super prepared, as you said. Oh, I just, they, I, just that bit about, like, there, I will say there's controversy now about the writers of the show that they created a toxic work environment. Um, and that's why the show was canceled because they just said, like, that the, the main creators were like, bullying their staff which I'm so glad it wasn't Drew and Helene because I thought for a while they were the creators of it but they're not and I was like thank god yeah um but yeah so that's a bummer um Tina Fey in a speech at like some awards thing said like I don't know what her exact quote was I sent it to you hold on it was so funny um she threw them under the bus. So it so was a, it's apparently like a, a known thing in the industry that um that and like Lauren Michaels, you know, a lot of the writers came from uh Saturday Night Live and all this stuff. And apparently at one point, um Tina Fey seemingly nodded to Kelly and Schneider, the creators of the other two behavior in a March speech at the Penn American Literary Awards, in which she joked that the other two exec producer, Lauren Michaels, was partially responsible for conditioning the pair during their tenure on Saturday Night Live. Nobody indulges writers like Lauren Michaels, she said. Lauren, you have unleashed an army of monsters into the world. You know it, I know it, and the crew of the other two knows it. Oh, my oh God. I wasn't supposed to say that. I was supposed to change it. That's inappropriate. Oh, well, we're not live streaming. Oh my I God. love Tina Fey. That's so funny. I love her so much. I She's so great. I hated to work on that set then, if that's the case. If that's 
Yeah. Well, what's interesting though is like there's all these claims of it, but then weirdly enough, like it says they were the formal investigation cleared them yeah. of any of that. Yeah. So then I'm like, did they get cleared because they chose to cancel? And so yeah. everyone was like, fine, like did let's they, just get did out. They bury it? So they yeah. ca- they cleared them and we're just like fine. Or was it like I'm feeling bitched at? Yeah. And I'm frustrated with my job and that who knows? Yeah. We weren't there. I'm sure a lot of writers' rooms are oh, like awful. I'm sure Tina Fey is like no picnic either. No, because she's so damn funny but, that yeah. how could you keep up yeah. with her? Like yeah. I I'm sure would it's interesting, like and for her to own that, you know, yeah. and be like, because of who I was indulged by in my yeah. early career, I now act like this. Like yeah. yeah. It's yeah. But it's highly recommended. So good. Yeah. So what's your uh, sparkling nonsense of the week? I have two and they kind of go together. Yay. Because they mentioned David Archuleta in oh. one of the episodes. Uh, closet, like, drawer organization with David Archuleta. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brooke starts this show, this drawer organization with David Archuleta, and she calls him and has a conversation with him on the show, but he's not there. On TikTok, <laughs> he answers the call and, like, responds to it. And I was so funny. I loved Archuleta. He's so great. We're still trying to get him on the show, so... Keep putting that out into the universe for us. Yeah, we want David Archuleta. Um, okay, what's your other one? Oh, my other one, also David Archuleta. You it's and that, David Archuleta No, today. but it's, it's other people too, but it's like this, it's that Hannah Montana song that's like, just an ordinary girl, na 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 And it's like all these celebrities that are like D-list or C-list celebrities, and they're like, they play that song, like, remember me when I was on this, and it's like either, it's like, some, it's like Disney Channel cameos, or like... And they act all like they're like grade A celebrities, but then they're like, just remember me from my one episode of Wizards of Waverly Place. <laughs> I was like, I should do that with Metro General. I should you should, that's Metro so General, funny. But, that's hysterical. Uh, but it killed me. What's, what's your... Um, my sparkling nonsense is more about me feeling like an elderly person as usual. Can you tell I'm on that train yeah. all the time? Oh, don't say train so, too soon. Colin Ballinger. <laughs> don't say train. <laughs> what? I pay so little okay, attention to her that, that I don't her, even know what that's to- in reference That was her to. song. Her apology song was the Toxic Gossip Train. So you don't want to be on any trains this week. <laughs> Christ, give me a look like, bitch, please. She's so disappointing and has been since 2010. Yeah. Like, so anyway, I don't know sorry. how she ever got famous, but it's fine. Um, okay, my sparkling nonsense is that I taught a jazz intensive this week for 9 to 13-year-olds, and it was super fun and really great, and I decided that I wanted them to do their dance to Don't Stop Me Now by Queen, which was like the cutest thing in the entire world. That. And I loved it. And it all came to me because the part where it says, whoa, 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 explode reminded me of like a roller coaster formation. And then I built the dance around that and it was adorable. So um, the first thing that was hilarious is I had one dancer in the group of like 17 kids that had danced with me before. So she knew my vibe. So she came up on the first day and she was like, Claire, is this going to be more musical theater jazz or sassy jazz? And I was like, what about both? And she was like, what? And I was like, think rock star show choir and she just like her eyes were like 
what? And I was like, you'll see. And then the way that I introduced it was I was like, this song is by a band that like probably was even most popular before even your parents, some of them were alive. And so then I said it was Queen and I had one person be like, I sang that song for school. I hate it. And I was like, (laughs) nobody says they hate Queen. That's un-American and rude. (laughs) And you're homophobic. Anyway. Yeah, but like Queen is such an American staple yeah. at this point. Yeah. So I made the joke. American. I was like, "You're homophobic. Like, if you don't like Queen." <laughs> but oh. I didn't say that because she was like ten, thirteen. <laughs> um, anyway, the point is that we did this dance, and then I ended up buying them all these like star-shaped sunglasses from Party City to wear for it, so that I they looked it. like rock stars. And this n- little girl. Who apparently, like, you know, a queen is old and we don't know who that is, but she pu- puts him on, looks in the mirror, flips her hair, and goes, I look like Elton John. And I was like, wow. Yes, you do. Yes, you That's do. excellent. And also, why do you know who Elton John is? But you were like, Who's Queen? Like, I'm so confused. Not all Brits look the same player, okay? Not at all. But like, <laughs> Elton John is. I don't know, earlier than Queen, right? Yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know, maybe maybe his era. resurgence with the Britney Tiny Dancer oh, song. Yeah. Who Rocket knows? Man. Rocket Man came out, but so did Bohemian Rhapsody. That movie's trash. Anyway. Anyway. I never even watched oh, it. Oh, don't. It's terrible. I won't. Um, I just like watching the old videos of Freddie Mercury with his cats. Those are fun for me. I've never seen that. They're very cute. He had these like very elaborate cats that he loved. I love that. What is your saddest vanilla? Well, in contrast to that article you found that said the Safeway Bakery is great, I was like, lies. Safeway out in Colorado <laughs> this, this is trash. Claire for like days. Because Safeway <laughs> in Colorado is garbage. You know that you, our podcast is through and through supporters of the Kroger Bakery at our yeah, local offshoot of Kroger called King Supers. Yeah. And King Supers now has their own version of a Chantilly cake, Chantilly cream cake, and it is the best thing. And I got these Chantilly cream cake cupcakes and I've eaten one every day and I was gonna bring them to record, but they got moldy. So, anyway, thank you Kroger. For, you're welcome. Thank you Kroger for your cheaper version of a Chantilly cream cake because it was delicious and made my whole week. Do you that. have one? Uh, tough ad to follow after that. I know. Um, I've been mad because I got a Costco membership like an adult, and I really wanted the lemon meringue cheesecake that's been all over TikTok, but my Costco doesn't have it, so I thought I should go to Kroger and see what they have. I bet they have a lemon cheesecake situation. I'm sure they have something. Gotta love lemon talk. You and I are both on lemon Uh, talk. Lemons are life. So, I'm reading this weird book. But I don't even remember what it's called, but it's like it takes place in Italy. Yeah. And these boys are like these young men are written like Disney characters, and they're like lemon farmers. <laughs> so this is so. He's God. Like, he's like, listen, Chauncey. His name is not Chauncey because they're Italian. It's like Cherezzi or something. Cherezzi. <laughs> listen, Cherezzi. One day we will be the lemon farmers. Put all the lemon. Lemons in the Lemon House, and then I was like, I can't, because like, I was imagining it like a Disney movie, and because like, this kid gets kidnapped at this like feast of fools situation, and son then put, gets put in an insane asylum. This is all in like two chapters. What the hell? So, so I was imagining it as a weird Disney film. And so sure. I, was like, I can't do this to myself, and so I stopped reading that book. Um, but anyway, we like lemons. <laughs>
cut off the rails. So stay tuned. Anyway, we like lemons. <laughs> so stay tuned for next time. There's a show with a dynamic duo. That's a comedy. His will probably love it, and then it'll probably get canceled. Because no one else will relate to it like we do. Yeah. In that interview with Helene York, she was like, yeah. Like, or the guy who was interviewing her was like a comedian. I don't know. And he was like, yeah, I feel like not very many people like, would relate to the show. And I was like, that's what But this said. is my whole life. <laughs> um, God. But. What's it? So, do you think the song of the week should be Ordinary Girl by... <laughs> Yes. Or, yes, it should. Or anything by David Archuleta. He does have a new song this week. I don't know what it's called, but <laughs> he did just come out with a new song. Oh, and um, I'm probably one of five people that knows. Was the year that he did not win American Idol of the Year with Jordan Sparks? No. Okay. He lost to David Cook, the rocker guy. Who did like music? No, oh, I know who David Cook is because my mom was in love with him. She joined the uh, so Cougars for Cook vibe because she didn't know what that meant. She just thought it was like older women who were into David Cook. And I was like, correct. However, see, I couldn't remember because I have this. Um, it, so I love Jordan Sparks also. I'm not going to tell this story on the podcast. Oh, yes, you do. Okay. So, the first time I was hospitalized for anorexia. Oh, no. (laughs) Trigger warning. (laughs) They couldn't find my vein to put the... (laughs) So, they were digging around in my arm, and it was really painful and awful. And my mom and the nurse were like, let's put the TV on to distract her while we dig around in her arm for the vein. Uh-huh. And it, my mom went, look, the American Idol finale is on. And I watched um, Jordan Sparks win American Idol. And I have like a searing memory of watching the confetti come down on her with my arm outstretched for a nurse. And screaming. <laughs> <laughs> If you ever curious why I don't talk about American Idol much, <laughs> well, glad you're healed. And I'm sorry that you had so you can cut that part if you want. But it's I don't really know. It's funny. kind of hilarious. Really funny. <laughs> the differences in our lives. I was just sitting on the white couch, the one you threw up on, watching that finale. I sound like a crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. I'll tell my You're crazy story. You're a recovery crazy person, I think. Crazy? It's <laughs> that thing. Were you crazy on crazies? They have crazy. <laughs> crazy. It's that thing. It's that thing. Where so you I... spill a bunch of crazies on the floor and bend over eating them like a cow. We, you know what we need is an AI Stefan generator. <laughs> That's such a good improv game. <laughs> you and I play that game all the time. <laughs> when you start enjoying this club has everything. Da 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 What is that? Like Seth Myers used to ask him and then you have to explain it like that. Is that thing? Oh, one of my favorite Stefan bits ever was when he was like it's a football jellyfish and he's like what's that and he's like it's that thing where a football player with a bunch of really skinny dreads puts on his helmet and they're just sticking out of the bottom 
The other one that I can't say on the podcast, the, the Stefan that I love is the human Roomba. Or Roombas. And he goes, what's that? And he's like, human Roombas. And then he explains it and I can't say it on no, the podcast. No, we can't, but it's something. But go look that up. I had a, I bought a giant, extra, extra, extra large Stefan t-shirt when I was in New York the first <laughs> time. so big. <laughs> this was the only one they had left. And so I bought it the first time we were in New York in high school. And I still have it. And it's still humongous. But it's bright yellow. And it says this club has everything on the back. And it's like the ugliest shirt ever. Like, I don't look good in yellow. What? <laughs> That's such a good shirt. I still have my shirt from that trip. And it is the sequence of Andy Samberg explaining the three steps to dick in a box. Which, like, <laughs> I can't seen, wear that. I've never seen that. That's hilarious. I'll send you a picture. It's in my drawer. It's been there since 2012. That's so funny. Okay, so we are probably going to sign off now. Yeah, tune in next time for Malcolm in the Middle. Um, you might have to wait a little longer for the next episode, but life is unfair. Hey.